0: You are listening to season two of the Women's Business Workshop podcast, the Lakeside Conference Speaker Series. I'm your host, Robin Walker, a business coach that helps female entrepreneurs and business owners find focus, strategy, and the accountability to grow their business and find more time with their loved ones through one-on-one coaching, the Impact Accountability Group, and the two-day live event, the Lakeside Conference. Today, we're revisiting one of the most common questions that coaches and consultants get when working with women in business. How can I attract more clients? The question makes it sound like it would have a simple answer, but there's so many parts to this and each business will have a different solution. At the 2020 Lakeside Conference, we will be bringing in several experts to address this question, each addressing it from a little different angle. Check back to episodes 20 and 21 to hear this topic in regards to public speaking and networking. Today, I'll be talking with one of the panel experts, Lindsay Johnson. Lindsay is an entrepreneur, wordsmith, encourager, Lake Superior girl, and wife and mama of four. Female business owners hire Lindsay to help them form their foundational marketing messages, amplify their brand voice, and write compelling copy that clearly communicates who they are, who they serve, their offers, values, and the transformation clients receive so that they can be more confident that their messaging will do the legwork of attracting and converting their audience into clients. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Robin. Thanks so much for having me.
0: It is my pleasure. This is your second visit to the podcast, so that's exciting.
1: Yes, it's an honor so much, so thank you for having me.
0: For those listening, I am a client of Lindsay's. She has worked with me on my current website and copy. I, like many of our listeners, created my first website on my own like DIY style. But like many entrepreneurs, you get to a point where deep down you know that isn't what you need anymore and you're ready to scale or grow. And I always think, I mean, DIY can be good starting point if that's what you need to do, but it's definitely not a place to stay. Lindsay, what are some of the red flags you see when people DIY their business, websites, and branding?
1: This is a very big question, so we're (laughs) going to kind of dissect it maybe piece by piece. (laughs) Uh, so Okay, let's think red flags. A lot of the time when I um, come across a client who has a DIY brand website, and copy that they've written on their own, um, it can be really busy. There can be a lot going on. Sometimes too much going on that it serves to confuse their audience more than move them forward in the in the audience to client customer journey that process. So it can be really busy and confusing. Sometimes there's just too much going on. So that's honestly the biggest red flag that I can think of, because when you are the entrepreneur, you are in love with what you're doing, you are so passionate about these services that you are offering, products that you're selling, and the people that you want to serve, you just want to help them and find them and bring them to you so you can offer this transformation, uh, that you get really excited, and it's hard for you to cut through your own noise sometimes and pick out the very clear marketing messages or the very clear brand values that you want your clients to resonate with. And it can just be like so much.
0: I could see that for sure. Other than my own, of course, which was really good for DIY, right?
1: <laughs> just kidding. Yes, it was awesome. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding.
0: <laughs> Everyone thinks they're the exception that DIYing it is, is okay. And they're the one that's going to be the exception to that rule.
1: But starting from a place of DIY, you know, DIYing your branding, your logo, creating your own website, and writing the copy, all of those things, it is often the place that you have to start when you are are a beginning business owner. When you are just starting out as an entrepreneur, that is where you have to start because you don't have necessarily the cash flow to hire it all out. You are still ironing out all of the the small pieces of your brand anyways. So I find a lot of times when people start, they're still working out who they're serving. They're still working out what all their offers are going to be. They're still working out where they want to be visible, where they want to be seen. So if you drop a lot of cash on a professional to create a brand and a website for you, you often want to change it in the next six months. So starting small, starting DIY, is a really good place to begin. And it's honestly the foundation of what you will continue to build upon in the future. The iterations of your business will continue to change and develop. And when you get to a place of not having the time yourself to do it, that's likely when you're gonna want to invest in someone to create these things with the the iteration that is current of your business in mind. Does it make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if we didn't DIY our stuff right away at the beginning, we'd have nothing to look back on and giggle about when we look back to our original branding and logo that we did ourselves and think how funny we were back then.
1: (laughs) It's so true. Like Every season is different. And to be able to look back at the beginning and see how far you've come is, it's really a cool thing.
0: It is. And I know, I don't know what you find with people when they're DIYing their brand, but the colors we pick. I mean, it seems like people end up picking colors that they like at the time, or maybe are trendy at the time. But what I really liked is when I worked with Lindsay, it was at this point of, okay, I'm ready to make things more official and make it more professional. And so Lindsay and I did talk about colors and what my messaging is and how the colors will attract the right people and send the correct message. So, I, I mean, that was super helpful for me. And But do you see people kind of just pick what they like or not? I mean, there's so much psychology around color.
1: Yeah. It comes down to showing a piece of your personality in the colors that you choose and the branding style that you want for your business. But it also comes down to doing the research and recognizing what your audience is going to respond to and how they're going to kind of connect in their brain, the colors of your brand with what you do as a service or a product. So it's one part you, but you, if you don't do that like due diligence and really dive into what your audience is going to expect from you and appreciate from you, then you're going to miss that part of it um, with the, attracting and retaining clients. Um, So when it comes to color psychology, the colors mean so many different things. If you want um, your business to be seen as professional, sometimes you go with a really dark, dark blue. Um, Finances sometimes like that green color. Typically people don't do like super colorful rainbow or like neons unless they are like a super fun brand and they want their fun personality to to shine through. So those are things that people definitely need to consider when they're at the very beginning of their business development and what they want their brand to be perceived as.
0: Because I'm guessing you want your ideal clients when they get to your website to feel like they're in the right place. So if I'm looking for a CPA and I show up in my mind, I'm thinking of someone very professional, someone who's very left-brained and knows their numbers and was really good in math and then I go to their website and it has unicorns and glitter, I feel like I'm in the wrong place.
1: Yes, so they've almost done you a disservice because you expected one thing and they show up as something else which makes you feel like maybe they're not as trustworthy as someone who was the very like mellow professional dark-colored brand versus the unicorn and glitter. Even though this person may be the best in their business, they may be the very best of the best, if their client expectations are just a little bit wonky when they come to the site, then that drops that element of trust pretty quick.
0: I guess that also speaks to attracting and repelling who you really want to work with because let's say the unicorn CPA... Is wanting to attract the people that don't have the same CPA stereotype that I have in my head, and maybe that's generational, or maybe it's uh, regional. But I guess there's something to be said for if that's the people you want to attract, then talk a little about how, like, how much personality do you want to put into that versus Attracting your ideal client versus, I mean, there's so much coming into play yeah. here.
1: Yeah, for sure. It could be that the unicorn CPA really does want to repel those who have the stereotypical view of the financial industry and wants to capture, mm. say, like the millennials who are maybe just starting their first business. They're fresh out of even high school, they're fresh out of high school, fresh out of college. So maybe Unicorn CPA wants these people and doesn't want to work with baby boomers, doesn't want to work with these generations who maybe have that stereotypical view of a professional with that kind of a brand. So that is absolutely a thing. I'm really glad you brought that up. So when it comes to repelling who you don't want to work with, this can, oh man, this can come down to so many different things. The colors you pick. Even the name of your business, um, the website design, the content you put out, your social media presence, how much of your personality you you share with the world, um, your belief systems, your values—all of these things can serve to attract the right people and repel the people that you don't necessarily not really gel with. So, but more like you have your specific niche of your ideal client, and you want to do everything. All the messages you put out into the world, every piece of marketing, uh, every offer that you have on your website, all the colors of your brand, all work together in a cohesive way to target that niche. And everyone else, most of the time, you don't really care about, and they can go work with somebody else, but you want this specific group of people.
0: That's really important. So the unicorn CPA, is sending out the message, Robin, I don't really want you. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> but they're saying that that's if if that if you're looking for stuffy and super brainy, this this isn't your your space. And that's okay. And I think people sometimes are so afraid to repel potential clients that they want their website to look like they serve everyone. And how many times do I work with women when I ask about their ideal client, they say, well, I really can sell to everyone, which we both know know, that that doesn't work if you want to actually scale and grow. But I love the idea of embracing bless and release that you are not my ideal client. Mm. I'm not going to give you the transformation you're looking for. So I'd rather repel you from the start And attract the people I will give the transformation to so that we don't waste anybody's time.
1: Mm, Yes, 100%.
0: So, I guess getting your foundation and really knowing who you're trying to attract is really at the heart of all of this.
1: It is. But I also want to speak a little bit to the iterations of your business that we mentioned towards the beginning. Sometimes you don't know who exactly you're going to be the perfect fit to serve until you've been in it for a while. I mean, even five years down the road, you can switch and have this transition in your business. So the fluidity of, I mean, honestly, the fluidity of the internet and the fluidity of the online space that so many of us are in is a blessing and that we can have transitions if we find that we're not in the right space for our skill set or the people we're serving or we have a different um, passion that's come up and we wanna kind of change gears a little bit. So if you don't know 110% who you're serving today, you'll probably gain the knowledge, I mean, over the next six months and you'll have so much better idea of who that person is a year down the road. The more you work with people, the more you are in your industry, You will find that it's easier to identify um, who who you really get lit up about serving versus just writing something down and hoping it'll stick or like pulling an avatar out of a hat and saying, well, I'm going to serve this kind of person and this industry for this long with this service, and I'm just going to pick it and make it happen. That's not necessarily going to fly. Sometimes it does, but it's often just like trial and error and work in your business and working working your skill set to find out what your sweet spot really is.
0: I 100% agree. I'm not a huge fan of the let's make a big list of all the demographic details and that's who I'm going to mm-hmm. try to sell to. I love more the what's their mindset, what's their problem, why who is it really easy to work with and and figuring out why It's easy to work with them. What about your personality and your skill set matches where they're meeting you in the middle?
1: And it happens more organically that way. Instead of trying to manufacture something on paper that might be backed up by research, but it might not be. And it might just be an educated guess. But until you Mm -hmm. get into the trenches and keep working it, you're never going to know for sure. So I love what you said about um, kind of looking at it from a higher level perspective, about what are the mindsets of these people, what do they need to move forward, and how can you serve them in whatever capacity your business is all about.
0: So then that plays into a lot of the copy that you're putting out into the world, correct? Yes. So tell us a little bit about the main purpose. So let's say I come to someone's homepage, I'm on the unicorn CPA, let's say, and let's say I'm young and I love the, the vibrance and how it's not a stale stuffy CPA page. What's the copy going to do for me? Like what's the purpose of the copy? Let's say on your homepage or on well, we'll do social media next, but just speaking on your website. Sure.
1: Okay. So the copy the words that you write to communicate your message to the audience that you're seeking to attract—that's that's the copy, the words themselves. Um, and if you're on a homepage of Unicorn CPA from an, a reader perspective, so a potential client perspective, you are going to expect to find out who this person is, who they serve, what they offer, what they're all about. So, like typically three to four main questions. You need to know that right away or you're going to lose interest or get distracted, run out of time and click over to another website because that's just how our internet brain works. You've got like three milliseconds or something to capture someone's attention when they get to your website. So if I am a millennial who is looking for someone just like Unicorn CPA, I'm going to want to know that I can connect with their um, personality, which is pretty obvious. If it's a vibrant glitter, you know, that's, <laughs> that's my vibe, then I connect with their vibe. That's going to be super obvious, which is great, honestly. Like, that's what you want. And then from the copy perspective, um, I'm going to want to know that they work with people like me. The out-of-the-box entrepreneur who doesn't necessarily want a super stuffy CPA, I'm going to want to know that they want to work with me and that's important to them, and then what they offer. So, like, whatever CPA services I'm looking to hire them for, tax preparation, what have you. So, clear communication is the name of the game when it comes to copy. You can be clever all day long, but if your cleverness, your wit, your humor is not matched with clarity, people are just gonna get confused and leave. So, remember that when you want to make an impression on your people with your copy, you still have to be super clear or they're just going to get confused and then you lose them.
0: I see that time and time again, even with an elevator pitch or when they say what they do, it's a lot of flowery words and it just gets really confusing. Like, just tell me what you do.
1: Yeah, and I am the first person to admit that I can get caught up in flowery language just like the next writer because I just love words and I love (laughs) the combinations of words. So, yeah, I have to get after myself a lot on, well, does this actually mean something? Does this actually make a difference in the messaging or is it just fluff? Because if it's just fluff, it's not serving anyone and it's especially not serving my business because we're not moving needle forward in that customer journey.
0: And like you said, if you only have a few seconds for someone to know that they're in the right place and that this is for them, Mm -hmm. the extra words just, that's not going to help.
1: Yeah. The extra words are good once they decide that you might be for them. So once they've made that little decision about kind of wanting to take the next step with you, and that next step might just be reading more of your website. Like they can commit to that tiny next step. They're not ready for like a contact form and they're not ready for a discovery call. But if they'll read the rest of your website, that's when you can really get into personality and connect with them on a deeper level. But until then, like that very top, the above the fold part of your website, the very first chunk section that people see when they get to your website without having to scroll that's where you need to capture their attention with you know like really on brand graphics and copy that that is clear and makes them recognize who your ideal client is and if they fit into that
0: women in business are you looking for a professional yet fun event to attend in 2020 The fourth annual Lakeside Conference will be held March 9th and 10th in Southeast Wisconsin, about an hour between Chicago and Milwaukee. Get the training, resources, and connections you need to catapult your business into more sales, smoother operations, and more ideal clients. The women that attend are high-caliber, driven business owners, speakers, and leaders in their communities and industries. We would love to add your name to the list and meet you in person this year. Here are some of our former speakers telling you what they loved about the Lakeside Conference. I love your conference. I always tell everybody when my local friends ask me what conference to attend, I always say that the Midwest uh, Lakeside Women's Conference is the little conference that could. It is always one where you meet the nicest people, uh, people who you feel are walking in the same shoes that you are, Just really, fun. And it's also really nice because it's a great location and many of us get to drive there like a short day trip or a road trip. It's like a little mini getaway, but you get a lot done at the same time.
1: I love that you give people these chances for coffee chats. And man, I just met the best women last year at your conference. Like so many amazing women who have become clients, who have become friends, who who now I'm their client.
0: It's just been phenomenal it feels like family when you come and so it only really takes a little bit of time before everyone who's there feels welcomed and open to the experience and feels like they've made friends already
1: and i love that you offer the high caliber of a conference that you do in the midwest because it's not such an issue for me to travel when i can just hop in the car and drive to you so it's been amazing too The thing about this conference that I think is different about others that I've been to are the people. I can't think of a room that I go into where you feel more support and nurturing from the people around you. It's not competitive. It's not senseless networking. It is literally genuine, hardworking women. There's so much value in the speakers. They're all fantastic. But it's the people in the room that change the tone of everything there. And that's the reason that I will come over and over and over again.
0: So I was really excited to really hear the speakers and I got to meet some of them. And some of these people i had been following online for years and years. And to actually meet them in person was super awesome. And I love, I did like the one-on-one. I talked with Jacqueline Malone. I had been listening to her and Jessica's podcast for years. And so that was really exciting for me to actually sit and talk to her. You know, there's certain people that I got to meet at that, that was, that was probably my favorite thing. It was just such a great experience for me to get outside of the Twin Cities or, you know, and these are people that are from all across the country that are doing these things. And so that was the first time I'd really gotten to meet bigger like names. We would love to meet you this year at the Lakeside Conference. Please join us and grab your registration ticket today. Go to womensbusinessworkshop.com and click on the events tab. I was going to speak to before what you were talking about personality and I do use Pinterest often for, I hate to cook, so I have some really easy Pinterest (laughs) recipes that are are my go-to's. And when I click through to these blogs where the recipe is, 95% of them look the same. I have no idea where I am. There's nothing that really makes me want to stay other than just scrolling the recipe. And I feel like that's a disservice to the to me because they may have a whole bunch of other recipes that are really helpful, but I don't, it just, they all feel the same. I don't see a lot of personality coming into them. So maybe it's that whole mix of unicorn glitter CPA and boring CPA and finding your personality somewhere in the middle.
1: Mm -hmm. That brings up a really good point of how you differentiate yourself. So just as these bloggers, these food bloggers that you're finding on Pinterest all look the same, they're not taking the opportunity that they could have to differentiate themselves from every other food blogger on the market. So if they look the same, they sound the same, they feel the same, you're not gonna remember one blogger over the next, you're just gonna click through to your pin and make your recipe and then click back out again. But if they could take the time, especially bloggers and solo entrepreneurs and personal brands, so if you're the face of your brand, if you are, like these bloggers, they are obviously themselves. If they would put more of themselves into the blog posts and into the different things that they offer on their their site, it would make you feel more compelled to stay.
0: And if they had a little more niched where I feel like when I get there, like we look for a lot of gluten-free recipes because one of our family members has celiac. So when I go to a website and it is a gluten-free recipe, but they also have all these other ones. It's fine. I'll take what I need. But if I went to one and it was all gluten-free food for a high schooler, they would have me sold. And I know that's a super small niche, but when you look at the United States, that's probably, there's moms everywhere looking for gluten-free food to feed their teenagers, but none of them are. So like you said, I click right back through. So I think we need to not be afraid once we get comfortable with a niche and who we really want to serve not being afraid to niche down and also not being afraid to be brave and be different and show a little bit of ourselves. It's so safe to have your blog or your website or your copy look like everyone else's. And it's just a comfy place to be, but you're not going to go anywhere.
1: Mm -hmm. When you get stuck in the fear of, well, what if there aren't enough people in that pool for me? What if there aren't enough moms who need Need uh, recipes for their child who has celiac? And what if there aren't enough teenagers who want to be gluten free? And you and I know that that's not true. Like you said, across the entire United States, there would be so many moms dying for this specific information to make their life easier. But if these bloggers are just sitting in the comfort zone because that's what they know, that's what they, yeah, that's what they know, it can be really hard to take that next step. niche down and make themselves really different. I have a friend who has a food blog all on cast iron recipes. So like everything she blogs about, you can make in a cast iron pan. So that is one way that she is niching down into people who just love to cook with cast iron.
0: So in a few weeks, which this is coming up super fast, Lindsay is going to be joining us at our live event, the Lakeside Conference. It is in Southeast Wisconsin, and it is March 9th and 10th of 2020. Lindsay's been many times in a bunch of different roles, so we always have to do whatever we can to get you back,
1: Lindsay, year to year. So funny. I'm so pumped to come. I'm so pumped to come. It didn't feel like it was going to happen this year, but... It is, and I'm so excited.
0: Yes, I can't wait to see you again. So Lindsay's going to be talking on an expert panel that's new for this year, having a couple panels that the whole group can participate in. And we're going to be talking about attracting new clients, attracting more clients, and how we can kind of put out our Batman beacon, let's say, and attract people to us. And so Lindsay's going to be talking about that topic in relation to branding and copy and how we can attract and repel um, potential clients like we've been talking about today. But the really cool thing that I think all of this, everything we've talked to, the one thing that would be super beneficial is having Lindsay look at your website and look at your copy. I think it's really important to have an outside expert perspective All the things we talked about, there's so much that goes into it and so many different variables that really having an expert sit and look at your website would be so beneficial. So if you upgrade to a VIP ticket, which anyone can do, we have a handful left, you have the opportunity to sign up for a one-on-one consulting session with Lindsay. So she can do an audit of your website or your copy. What else Lindsay would be, what would be a great use of this time one-on-one together?
1: I'm so excited for these. So the best use of this this time together would be me coming in from the perspective of your target audience, your ideal client, and we look at your website. We see what the copy is. Is it clear in communicating who you are and who you serve and what you do? Or could you benefit from some tweaks? So what's the saying, it's hard to see the forest through the trees? Mm -hmm. Something like that. That's exactly what entrepreneurs have a hard time with. They're so deeply ingrained in everything in their business that everything feels equally important and it's like your baby. it's like your your business baby. Um, I have a business baby. I have real babies, but I have a business baby too and it's hard <laughs> to see <laughs> it's so hard to see as as you what is most important and what is extra? What is too much? So if I come in as this ideal client, I can help you figure out what exactly you need to be saying to hook people in from the very beginning. So when they land on your site, are they hooked in? Do they sense your personality? Do they know exactly who you're targeting? Like you want to work with them. They want to feel invited to work with you and what you can offer them but we can also go through about page copy this is something that people struggle with what do I talk Mm -hmm. about when I'm talking about myself what do I share what's too much to share because you want it to be all about your audience because they're your target but your audience does want a little sneak peek into who you are the person they'll be working with and if they connect with you like even on a you know, a friend level, like would we we be friends in real life? Because if so, I'd probably want to work with you. Then social media copy, we could even, if you have an email list, we could chat through um, what you're saying, what you're writing to your email list. So there are so many different paths we could go on, you know, one-to-one. But I would 100% start at your website and then move out from there to see what your key marketing messages are and what your key marketing messages could maybe tweak to be.
0: I think that would be super valuable, just having that outside perspective, and not just an outside perspective. Sometimes people will ask a friend or a business friend that maybe doesn't have the expertise of copy and branding like you Mm. do. So having that one-on-one time, which, I mean, how many times do you do this in person? Like this is a super unique opportunity for you guys to for a very affordable additional price to work yeah. with Lindsay one-on-one so if someone wants to jump right in and do a one-on-one session with you before the conference or check out your resources and what you do where can they find you
1: so if anyone would love to connect with me before the conference you can find me at verityandco.com um, also Verity and Co on instagram Um, but my website would be the main place that I'd want you to go to learn a little bit about what I do and how we could work together.
0: I'm so honored that you spent your time with us today and shared all your knowledge. And of course, I can't wait to see you in person. And I am going to go Google unicorn CPA and see if there's an actual website with that, (laughs) with that branding. And I'll share it in the show notes if I find anything.
1: oh my word that'd be hilarious (laughs) someone needs to be a unicorn cpa just saying oh yeah thank you so much for having me and I am so looking forward to seeing you again and everyone else who's attending the conference in just a few short weeks
0: yes nothing like in person is there I love it all right thanks everyone for listening now go get back to work